Welcome to the Fifth Trooper Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fifth Trooper Podcast, Beginner's Guide to Star Wars Legion. My name is Jay Shalansky, and I will be your host and guide. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about understanding the game. On today's episode, we're going to be really looking at a 10,000 mile view of how to play the game and understanding the game. And then over the next few podcasts, we'll be breaking down each particular area of the game and getting a more detailed view into that. But before we begin, I'd just like to remind you that we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the fifth trooper. We have an after dark podcast where we talk about Legion uh, unfiltered and uncensored. And also we have a web store where we sell tons of Legion accessories that are custom made by us. Really excited. We're going to actually be having a bunch more uh, here in the next few weeks. And uh, would love for you guys to help support us so that we can continue making great podcasts like this and Notorious Scoundrels. All right, without further ado, why don't we go ahead and pop into this episode? So, you know, I think I'm going to kind of go a little ad hoc here and talk about understanding what the game is and what you can expect from the game. Now, I'm probably going to try to speak from more of an 800-point I'm going to say competitive, but I don't mean this in like you have to go out and play competitive. I just mean 800 points standard format that I would say a majority of people play. Um, You know, you can play the three by three format and skirmish mode, but the the rules in skirmish, um, though good, I think it could probably be cleaned up a little bit more before we start talking in detail about it. So we're going to focus on 800 points. So let's let's talk simply about what what is the objective of this game. And simply put, you know, your objective is to battle an opponent and to secure objectives. And and when I mean secure, it doesn't mean to grab an objective. It could be anything. It could be, you know, like bombing run, uh, getting bombs close to your opponent's deployment zone and, and, and blowing them up to get a victory point. You know, you're really trying to earn those victory points. Now, the interesting thing, and I'll say this here at the beginning, and, and, and I think we'll talk about this more as the podcast goes on, is there's way there's there's a lot of ways to play this game. And some of them are focusing on the objectives, but some of them could potentially be focusing on just annihilating your opponent off the board, right? Now that isn't as common uh, in this game. It does happen, you know, so for people who have done it before, I'm I'm not saying it can't happen, uh, but it's just not a common way of winning this game. So it just all depends on your army makeup and what you want to do, what, you know, what you want to do as a player, really, and how you're going to approach the game. You know, we have the battle decks and those have your objectives in there to, to earn you those victory points. Sometimes, you know, one of them is breakthrough, which is just getting to the, your opponent's, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, deployment zone. And so there's multiple ways to kind of win a game and you kind of have to take each game separately. You know, you have to understand your army, but then each game is going to be different because uh, your opponent could have a different army. The objective deck is going to be different. The battlefield deck is going to be different. And so... You know, just making sure you understand what your army can and can't do. And then how how do you approach that particular game with the options that you were given during the, you know, the, the objectives, battlefield selection uh, part of the game. So in general, 
with Legion, there's kind of at the 800 point level, there's there's two different things that end a game. Well, three uh, concession of your opponent, right? They can concede if they if they don't feel like they can continue on. Uh, it's six rounds. So six rounds is my turn, your turn. That's a round and then six of those. And then uh, the last one, especially if you're going to be playing in a tournament style event, even you know at your local store is time. And time generally from um, an event standpoint is two and a half to three hours. That's That's the time allotment for a game of Legion. I will say though at home, you know, you should be prepared for upwards, especially if you're newer, you're going to want to prepare for about four hours. That's that's the, you know, between deployment, setup, game, gameplay, you know, rules, clarifications during the game. Because if, if this is only like your fourth or fifth game, there's definitely rules you may not know. You know, I mean, hell, I've been playing for two years and there's still rules I have to look up just because sometimes when you're playing a new unit and it's not something you've been focusing on yet, you have to go back to that rules reference guide and kind of reread. So that's, you know, your kind of objectives and time that you'll have and, and how, how much time you'll have to secure your objectives. The next thing I kind of want to talk about is understanding the ranks and this is real quick so we're going to have a we're going to have another cast talking about building an army but i'm just going to go through your minimums so each rank commander core operative special forces support and heavy have a minimum that you have to put in of that rank in order to build an 800 point army you can go um to any of the list builders out there for Legion, you know, we have one, legionhq.thefifthtrooper.com, that'll help you build and give you warning signs. You know, there's plenty of other ones. I encourage you to, to use any one that, that makes sense to you and how you build lists. But to go over it simply, there is a minimum and maximum for every core unit, or every, I'm sorry, every unit in an 800-point army. So we'll start with commander. You have to have one commander. So if we're talking about empire, you know, there's multiple commanders. There's generic commanders. There's named commanders. You have to put one of them in your army no matter what. And you can you have a maximum of only two. Uh, so, so that's your min-max for commander. Your core units, so that's your stormtroopers, rebel troopers, droid, B1 droids, B2 droids etc you have a minimum of three you have to have at least three core units in the game uh, in order to have a legal 800 point list your maximum is going to be six okay so you can only have six now this min max is all dependent on points as well right so if if you got it it's kind of a math equation to figure it out operatives that's boba fett bosk sabine uh cad bane you got a minimum of zero so you don't have to have any operatives in your list, but you can only have two. There's some wonky ways that that could work, especially with like Lando and and um, K2SO and, and them that you may have more, but maximum is two ranks of that. Special forces, again, minimum is zero. So these are snipers, death troopers, uh, Wookiees. Your, your minimum is zero, your maximum is three. Now, with Entourage, you could have potentially four because uh, Entourage, it, on the Empire side, you have, uh, you know, let's say Palpatine, he entourages the uh, IRG, the Royal Guard. They 
don't count as a rank. So you could have three snipers in IRG for four special forces. Your support, so any of your ATRTs, speeder bikes, uh, droidicas, minimum zero, maximum three. Your heavy units, so I think those are all the tanks, airspeeder, that sort of stuff. You have a minimum of zero, so you don't have to have any, but you can only have up to two. That's as of today, right? So 2021, uh, February 2021, that's the rules today. Those could change potentially, but uh, as of today, that's kind of your min-max for each one of your units. So again, basic kind of stuff. When you look at your cards, so each unit has a unit card. In the upper right hand corner, you'll see a picture of the unit. And to the left of that is going to tell you its rank with a symbol and then the number of minis that come in that unit. So for instance, with stormtroopers, they are a rank of a triangle, which is a core unit, and they can have four, they come with four minis. Then on your left hand side, starting at the upper left, you'll have your faction symbol. You'll have the point costs of that unit. And then you're going to have upgrade slots. So these are all the extras that you can have for that. And now that's going to change your point value because you add your point values of all your upgrades you're adding on to that unit. So that's kind of how you determine your points for that 800 point army is, is you know, I recommend using a list builder. Really easy. The other thing is... Uh, in the, I'm going to put it in air quotes, the competitive scene, the rules reference guide has have some erratas and points changes and the list builders reflect that. So if you go to Legion HQ, uh, you can see the updated points. We have those in there and we have the updated keywords so that you know what the errata of that card is. So just, just make sure you're, you're keeping an eye on that. I would, I, I would recommend always using list builders for points and building out your armies just so you're up to date because you're going to find maybe, uh, you know, you're putting it all together at home based on the cards and you're, you know, some units are cheaper. So even though you've built an 800 point army, you could potentially have built a 650 point army, right? And so, you know, you want to just, I would use list builders unless you don't care and you're just playing for fun, then you do you. So the next thing um, we want to talk about is basically setting up the table. I know we talked about terrain briefly last week, uh, but basically, you know, most mats and tables are going to be in a six foot by four foot because that's traditionally been the size. Legion is a six foot by three foot. So what a lot of us do is we just mark off six inches on either side of the mat on the long side and just fight within, you know, put the battle within the inside of that six by three and then use that six inches for cards. You know, we have sidebars, for instance, that you can lay down for your cards. And then what you want to do is you, I mean, you could do it one of two ways. In a tournament style setting at a store, um, terrain is going to be already preset, hopefully. And But if you're at home, you know, you can set it up with your friend. And basically, you're just going to want to go back and forth on setting and declaring terrain. And so what I mean by declaring is... Uh, there's two types of cover, heavy and light cover. So something like the barricades that come in the core box will will grant you heavy cover. Um, you can declare, like, let's say you have like little containers or boxes, shipment boxes or something that are small or fences. Uh, those would be light cover. Um, so so basically cover at its base is heavy cover takes away two standard hits. 
uh, and light cover takes away one. Now, surges can convert to uh, crits, which would override that, and then crit crits would also override that. So, you know, you want to have about 25 to 30% of your table with terrain. You want to have good line of sight blocking, heavy light cover. You want to have a good mix of everything there. So then what you want to do is you've built your list. You've, you've put together the table. You're going to determine who's red or blue. Um, and basically, red or blue player is determined by your point cost of your army. So if you have less points, let's say your opponent has 800 and you have 795, you're going to be you get to choose to be blue or red player. Um, most people choose blue. There there are instances depending on your army to choose red. Um, and then there you know there's a lot of things throughout the game that we'll talk about later that influence that choice. You know, um, a, a quick one is going first during the battlefield selection, right? And either uh, choosing to flip a card or or pass. You know, blue player gets to go first. Blue player gets to choose side of the table. So you know, you just be conscious of that when building your army. So you've got your um, you've got your army built. You've got your table set. You've determined who's red and blue player. Well, now you're gonna do uh, you're gonna define the battlefield. So blue player is going to use their deck of battlefield cards. There's three types. There's battlefield, so that's your deployment zones. There's condition, which is kind of things that are happening in the environment, or uh, you know they. You know, maybe um, one of the conditions is that y your commanders can only uh, their command reach is only a certain distance instead of the full range three. It's like I think it's range one now and you you use his courage value within that. So just make sure you read those cards. And when you're building your battle deck, you put four of each type. Uh, so you have a battlefield condition and then your objectives, which stuff like breakthrough key positions. You need four cards of each type. You shuffle them, draw out three, put the extra ones away, and you should be stacking them on the battlefield or to the side somewhere so that both opponents, both players can read the cards. Then starting with the blue player, they can either pass or they can flip a card so to say that they're not going to use that card uh, for this game. And you take turns back and forth until you've both gone twice. And then whatever is on the table, so you, you should have a battlefield row, a uh, condition row, and then an objective row. And so whatever is the first going from left to right after you've, after you've flipped some cards or passed, that's, that's determination of what the battlefield condition and objective are going to be. You, the next thing you're doing, um, and this is something that when you're building your army, you're going to do is build your command hand. These are the orders that basically your commander is giving to the army. Now, there's rules to this as well. Um, hopefully here soon, the two new uh, Clone Wars sets, uh, the clones and, and bots should be, droids should be getting generic cards command cards but right now you you basically have a set of generic command cards uh three plus standing orders which is your fourth one and then each commander has three cards um and so you you need to be able to build a command hand uh there should be seven cards in it 
everyone has to have standing orders, which is four. It has four dots in the upper left-hand corner. These are called pips. This is the bidding system to determine who goes first. Uh, each commander should have a one pip, a two pip, and a three pip. And then you should have generic, right now, uh, the Empire and Rebels have more, but for Clone Wars, you have Ambush, Push, and Assault. And they basically, if you're looking at the card, the top left corner shows you the pip or the, you know, what you're going to be betting. Uh, the lower the number, the more likely you are to go first. And then to the right of that is the name. And then below the image on the card, right below the image, you'll see like it'll say two units or two troopers or General Grievous. That's going to tell you who you can give orders to. And then below that is text that some command cards have special conditions that they apply to the battlefield. And so you just want to make sure you're looking at all that. One of the key things to note from a command hand phase is try not to focus on what the special abilities of the, the command card are. Focus more on the pip and understanding how your army is going to work and who you're going to need to give orders to when. So you kind of want to think out the phases of the game, look at your battlefield deck, understand what could potentially be happening and, and who you're going to want to give orders to when. So that's your command hand. And like I said, we're going to, we're going to dive into these a little bit. Um, as we move forward uh, with the podcast, we'll get into deeper content content on this. Uh, so the next thing we're going to do is the command phase. So like I said, you your, your command hand is seven cards. It's hidden from your opponent. They don't know what command cards you have. They can guess, uh, you know, based off of just what you, what you brought to the table. Um, it gets harder as more, uh, if you have more commanders and operatives in your list, it also gets harder as the, the next wave of generic commanders come out here in a month or so. And so what you're going to do is at the beginning of your turn, you're basically going to pick a card determining, you know, sometimes you may want to go first. So you may want to put a two pip. Sometimes you don't care who goes first and you don't want to waste one of your higher pip cards. So you put down standing orders and you only give an order to one unit. It's all dependent on the battlefield, the setup and, and what you're looking at. So once you've determined uh, your command card you and your opponent put them face down on the table and you flip them at the same time whoever has the lower pip gets to go first they have to give the orders which is taking an order token for that unit placing it face up next to that unit uh, they have to give those orders first then you give your orders and then if they're first if they uh, had the lower pip they get to go first and so the next basic thing that you're going to be doing is your your activation phase so you say okay i have these b1 droids i'm going to activate them now there's four things that you can do you can move you can attack you can aim and you can dodge the only thing you can do twice because during your activation you get two actions the only one of those one two three four actions that you can do is move twice. You, you can't do anything else twice unless there's a card or an ability that says, you know, you can do, you get, you get a dodge token or like Son of Skywalker after, after your activation actions, you may take an additional attack, right? So there's, there's contingencies and, and different options out there, but really the only thing you can do is move twice. The rest of them you can only do once. Um, you know, moving, 
is with the movement tools. So once you move, um, depending on the speed, so if we're using B once, you move speed two, and you'll see on the right-hand side of your unit card, below the green and yellow numbers, you're gonna see these red dashes. That's your speed. So if you have two red dashes, you move speed two. So once you move speed two, and you move, you then have to make sure that your unit is in cohesion. So, and actually this, even before you move, when you deploy your unit has to be in cohesion. And what cohesion is, is you take your unit leader, you can take a uh, speed one movement tool, and basically anywhere within a circle around your unit leader with a speed one tool, with a, with a unit at the end of the speed one tool, that's your cohesion bubble. So your entire unit has to be within that circle, uh, 360 degrees. You can put them all on one side, all on the other side, all behind, all in front. That's going to be dependent on what you want to do. But, you know, your units always have to be in cohesion. So the other thing is uh, you could do is attack. So quickly, there's range rulers in there. There are these there are these six inch long um, sticks basically that you can attach together, and that checks your range. You always check your range when attacking from your unit leader. Um, range generally is always from the unit leader unless it is healing or healing bots or you know other other effects that say otherwise then you would change it check it from your unit but range for attacking is always from your unit leader so you see if an enemy unit is within range uh, you can check your range by on your right hand side uh, of your unit card you'll have your weapon and the range you know for b1 droids it's one to three and it has a white die so that's this is something a lot of uh when people first start they mit misses that white die is per mini so if you have, let's say, eight minis in your in your unit, you you roll eight white die. Um, you're, if you upgraded to a heavy unit, uh, they have their own die pool and they use their die pool. So potentially you could have, let's say you have eight minis, one of them is a heavy unit. You would have, let's say with the B1 droids, you would have seven white dice and then whatever the heavy unit rolls let's let's say it's two black and one white you would then have seven white dice plus one white from the heavy so that's eight eight white dice and two black dice um and then you would determine hits uh based on okay is there cover the heavy and light cover we talked before you would then be, you know determine does the opponent have a dodge token they can dodge one of those hits and then if you rolled surges look at your unit card which is right below the yellow Green and yellow um, numbers on the right-hand side of the unit card will, will tell you if you surge to whatever. Some units surge to hit or surge to crit, and that basically means you change the surge icon on your die to a hit or a crit. The next uh, action you can potentially do is aim. What aim does is it allows you to re-roll attack dice. So some units, um, you know, the base is two, but some units like stormtroopers have precise one, so they have three. Some have precise two, so they have four. So just depending on the unit will determine on how many um, dice you re-roll. So the next... Uh, action that you could do is dodge this is on the defensive end so you would get a dodge token and when someone attacks you you can spend a dodge token to cancel a hit 
and that's what dodge does now there are units that let you if you spend a dodge you can you know you can uh get another dodge with nimble so there there's lots of uh, rules and deeper dive into that stuff now if there's another action um that you can do but it only there's kind of a prerequisite for it so let's say last turn your unit was shot and or even this turn they were shot before their activation and they have a suppression token you can do what is called a recover action okay now this gets tricky because depending on the unit if you have equal or more than your unit's courage which is that yellow number on the right hand side you're suppressed, which means you only get one action. So if you spend that action to recover to get rid of those suppression tokens, you only get that action for that turn. But let's say um, let's say you have two courage, you have one suppression, you want to get rid of it, you can recover, that gets rid of the suppression. Recover also will flip any cards that, uh, like let's say there's a card that you have to tap or turn sideways in order to activate that card, a recover action flips that back to the normal so that you could use it again. So you could potentially, in a turn, recover and then attack or move or do whatever. Um, sometimes, though, you may only have a courage of one and all you can do is recover. And so we just want to, you know, be, be aware of that. Uh, the final action that you can do is standby. So standby is basically saying, I'm going to wait and see what happens. Uh, and if something does happen, either I'm gonna move or attack. So if I stand by, I can't attack. So I can move standby, I can aim standby, I could dodge standby, but I can't attack and then standby. Once you've attacked, standby's off the table. But let's say, let's say you moved up and you knew that your opponent was going to use a unit next. And so you wanted to catch them kind of using that unit and hopefully stop them from doing what they're doing. You could move up, place a standby token. Now, depending on whether your unit has overwatch, your range is going to be two uh, for measuring for standby. But with overwatch, it could be three. And what's going to happen is if your opponent moves or attacks and they're within range two, of the unit that's that did the standby after they complete their action whether it's attack or move you then get to do an action of move or attack so potentially what could happen is let's say you knew they were going to move you move up standby they decide they're going to move anyways they move they're within your range you can now shoot them and attack them and hopefully kill some of them and stop them from what they were planning on doing uh, the other tricky bit of this is uh, core units can have, or well, any trooper unit, I believe, can have their standby shot off of them. So if I stand by and then you have a unit that shoots my unit with the standby, the standby, and they get a hit, the standby falls off. So just, just something a little tricky. We'll talk more about that and get into detail. Um, the other thing you want to think about is line of sight. So this is basically, what can my mini see? And this is not from the leader. This is from every mini in your unit. So you measure range. So if I'm attacking, I have range three, which means the unit is within the range three marker. Okay, I have range to them. Now let me see if I can see them. So what you're going to do is take a silhouette 
these are the the new things in uh, Legion that actually allow you to determine whether you can see a unit. Um, they have a cutout in the rules reference guide that you can find online for those silhouettes. Also, plenty of people sell uh, 3D printed laser cut silhouettes. We have them on our site. And what you do is you put the silhouette behind each mini that you're trying to see if you have line of sight. And then you put the... the um, you put a silhouette behind your minis to see if they can see and determine the line of sight from the top of the silhouette. And then each mini gets to look and see if they can see. So let's say half your unit was behind a wall. Well, the half that was behind the wall wouldn't be able to see, but the half that was outside of the wall would. Now, when you're determining cover, you want to look at the opposing player's unit and see with all your minis, the way you co with your cohesion, how many can you see? If you can see more than half, then they don't gain cover. If you can see less than half, then they do gain cover from that line of sight blocking thing. So let's say you're behind a, they're behind a building. You can only see less than half of them. Well, they'll get heavy cover. Um, same thing applies to any other cover. If you trace a line from the top of your silhouette to the, to the base, of the opposing unit's mini, if it's behind cover blocking terrain, it gains that cover. And so if more than half of them are behind the cover, it gains that cover. Um, yeah, so really that is kind of in a nutshell of how we play. You know, just a real quick primer. What we're going to do next is next week, we are going to get into um, building an army. We're going to have uh, Mike Berry from the Notorious Scoundrels join us, and we're going to talk about building an army. And then what we're going to do is everything I kind of touched on today, we're going to deep dive into over the next few weeks. So stick with us. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, there will be a companion blog to this on thefifthtrooper.com. So check that out. And have fun playing and join us next week. Thanks, everyone. Join us next week for another edition of the Fifth Trooper podcast. This has been a Fifth Trooper production.